This is Pastor Andrea Ellis, and I just want to personally welcome you to the Destiny Faith Church podcast. I'm so happy you're with us today. I trust the word of God will inspire you. So please open your heart and enjoy the word. Yes and amen. 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 Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Yeah. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I'm going to say it one more time because you need to get a revelation. Now, right now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If it's not now, then it's not faith. Would you shout hallelujah and have your seat? Come on, as you take your seat, just tell the Lord thank you. Tell him thank you that you received just what you expect to receive this 2022 in the name of Jesus Christ. Woo! Big doors, big stuff. Big breakthroughs, big open doors, big manifestations of power, healings, and deliverance. In the name of Jesus, let's dive into our word for today. I don't have long today, and I forgot my regular glasses today, but I could see, I could see in Jesus' name. My eyes are renewed. Hallelujah. I'm going to see better this year than I've been seeing in the previous years. I fully well expect it in Jesus' name. Today, just briefly, I'm going to lay down a foundation on practice his presence. Practice his presence. I'm going to need you to come back one Thursday and let me take you a little bit further. I'm a preacher, but I am a teacher, too. I can preach, and we can be happy and run around the church, and I love to run and jump and shout more than anybody else and speak in tongues, and I love that. I love singing and stuff, but I know you have to be taught the word of faith. Because where the word is revealed and you get an understanding, that's the point that your faith can be released. Faith is not released by an emotional expression of running around the church. Faith is released where the will of God is known. So if you need your faith to be released and you get in the word of God and you find out what the word of God has to say about it, so faith can be released. According to Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16, it says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Here's a pastor, Andrea. I need him every day and every hour. And every minute and every second and every nanosecond of every day. So I'm grateful to God that he's invited me to come to his throne and I can come boldly. I don't have to come with my, with my head hung down. I don't have to come with my, uh, my knuckles dragging the ground, feeling pitiful. I can come boldly with unrestrained boldness to his throne that I can get mercy and grace in the time of need. First John chapter 5 
verses 14 and 15. I read it in another translation. I think I read it in the message translation last week. So I'm reading it in the passion translation this week. Again, I use other translations because it just opens up the word of God. And remember, I told you when you get a revelation of the word, you get an understanding. That's the place right there where you release your faith. And how many know that faith is the victory. First John chapter 5 verses 14 and 15 says, since we have this confidence, we can also have great boldness, or I like to say unrestrained boldness before him. For if we ask anything agreeable to his will, he will hear us. So I've got to get the mind of God on it. I've got to get the mind of Christ on it. I've got to get his purpose on it. Because when I agree, whatever I ask for that is agreeable to his will, he will hear. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we also know that we have obtained. Obtained means you have gotten, you've received the request that we have asked of him. I'm talking about practicing the presence in the process of learning how to pray. I'm really pouring into you on prayer because it's not that we don't think that prayer works. Sometimes we don't know how to pray or maybe we've had a faith blunder and our prayer wasn't answered. It wasn't that God didn't answer the prayer. It was that we didn't pray according to his word. And many times we didn't even pray at all. We just thought about it. We just obsessed over it. But when I am in that pocket, when I am in that zone of prayer, I've got to have this this intimate intimacy with him. I've got to do it on purpose. Listen to me. I don't ever want to reach past God to get something. I always want to have intimate fellowship, inter-exchange with him so that his will is done in the earth and in my life as it is in heaven. So on purpose, we have to desire and we have to pursue him. We have to be in hot pursuit of God, not in hot pursuit of gifts. In hot pursuit of God, his manifest, his weighty presence. Listen to me. God likes to talk, but we're not always listening. Psalm number 27 stands up for, in the King James Version, says, one thing I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after. I love this term, seek, because oftentimes we've thought about the word seeking God like seeking God. But seeking God really has reference to shutting down all the sideshow distractions of life that will take my attention away from God's captivating presence. Sometimes a doctor's report can take your eyes off of God's captivating presence. But I need you to get a revelation. Whose report do you believe? We will believe the report of the Lord, like Carolyn and Mr. DiClemente and uh, Brenda and different ones, I myself was healed of cancer. And I remember getting that report. Woman of faith, woman of God, minister of the gospel. And I remember coming out of the doctors and quoting the word of God. And then I would get distracted and think, who will take care of my children? Then I'd have to bring my focus back because I ain't going nowhere. With long life, God will satisfy me. 
and show me his salvation. When we want to practice his presence in the process of prayer, the process and the progress of prayer, we have to have a mindset like the psalmist had in Psalm 27 where he said, I desire the Lord, and that's what I'll seek after. Listen, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold his beauty, not to get everything that I could get from him, but to behold him, to see him in his mesmerizing, captivating presence, and I will inquire of him in his temple. We're talking today, I'm laying down the foundation today on practice his presence, practice his presence. As we begin to talk about the full armor, the whole complete armor of God, one of the things that we learned about the Roman soldiers is that practice, they practice full on every single solitary day in every condition with the full, complete, heavy armor on every day, regardless. And they just didn't halfway do it. They went all out. And because they practiced every day in times of peace, in times of war, they didn't even have to, they didn't even have to strain or struggle. Their enemies pooped out way before they did because they practiced every single day. We learned that the dictionary defines the process as a series of actions or steps taken in order to achieve a particular end. We learned that progress means forward and onward moving toward a destination. It also has reference to advancement, improvement, and proficiency. A DFC-ism is, I'm in the process of me. I'm not what I used to be. Somebody just should have started bucking right there. When you stop and think about where God brought you from, I'm not what I used to be. I used to be a hot mess. I used to have mental harassments. I used to be depressed and have anxiety. I used to think small of myself. I'm not what I used to be. But glory to God, I'm not what I'm going to be. I've got a great future ahead of me. There are things that I'm going to walk in. When I say I am talking about you too, things that I'm going to walk in that are going to blow my mind. But as for today, I'm simply in the process. And I don't get discouraged in the process because when I'm in the process, I look at all that progress that I've made. Oh, glory to God, somebody. Process means advancement and improvement and proficiency. So what does practice mean? My title is Practice His Presence in the Process, or Practice His Presence in the Process and the Progress of Prayer. So I have to practice. I've got to master this. Nobody just jumps up today and is a, a, a big giant prayer warrior overnight. I have to practice. As I was growing up, they used to tell us practice makes perfect. Practice has reference to forming a habit, a method, a regimen, a regimen, a system, a way, or a process. So I have to establish a process. I have to establish a regimen. I have to establish a habit of prayer. Otherwise, I will just run to God only when I need something. How does that make you feel when people don't even talk to you, don't even speak to you till they're asking you for something? We don't like the way that feels. I don't like the way that feels. So I don't want to do God that way. Are you listening? 
to me. I've got to develop a habit of prayer. Presence has reference to company. Presence has reference to companionship. Presence has reference to habitation, existing or being. I like this word and I learned this in my study. Presence has reference to ubiety, ubiety, I think I'm pronouncing it right, which means a definite place and a specific time. A definite place and a specific time. You should have a set place and a set time that you go to God all the time. A few years ago, they had a movie called The War Room. And when that movie came out, everybody was making their closet a war room just so they could have a war room. But that was a specific place. Then you were supposed to set a specific time to meet God there. When you develop a habit or a practice of meeting God at a certain place every day at a certain time, guess what? He'll be there waiting for you. He'll be there waiting for you because he wants your presence just as much as we want his presence. So develop a regimen, a schedule, a method, and develop a place that you meet God all the time. I didn't say you can't pray in your car. You should pray in your car. You should pray when you wash dishes. But you should set some um, intentional, intimate time with God. Ubiety a definite place, and a specific time. I'm reminded of the psalmist, David, when he was going through one of the most difficult seasons in his life. He was running for his life, and and he was being tracked down to be killed. So he was in the wilderness of Judah. I looked for a slide. I had a picture of the wilderness of Judah, and it's so barren, and it's so hard and crusty and no water and stuff there but even in the most difficult situation of his life when he was running for his life he said in psalm number 63 he said oh god you are my god and early will i seek you it sounds like a definite time a specific time and a specific place where he met the lord Are you listening to me? When you set a specific time and a specific place to meet the Lord, whether it's your war room or your kitchen table or kneeling down on the side of your bed, God will be there kneeling down on the side of your bed waiting for you to get there. Isn't it a disservice when we know that he's sitting there on the side of the bed waiting for us and we go on and get in the bed and go to sleep? And you forget your time with God. Let me read this psalm in Psalm number 63, and I want to read it from the Passion Translation, but I encourage you to read it from the King James or the New Kings or whatever your favorite translation is. It says, Oh God of my life, I'm lovesick for you in a weary wilderness. I'm love. Listen, isn't that intimate? Not just, I need my rig no paid, I need my house paid. Not begging God. This psalmist was intimate. He said, oh, God of my life, I'm lovesick for you in this weary wilderness. Regardless of the station in life that you find yourself in, God is still good all the time, and all the time God is 
good. Just because you're going through a situation, just because you have a doctor's report, just because you're facing a challenge does not mean you don't need to be intimate with God. We have to have that koinonia. We have to have that intentional intimacy. We have to have his mesmerizing presence. The presence of God should captivate you and mesmerize you so much so that all of these sideshow distractions don't even turn your head because we know whatever turns your head inevitably will turn your heart. He says, I thirst with the deepest longing to love you more. Listen, he was in a weary land, a, a weary land, a desolate land, an arid land. So instead of talking about how thirsty and how dry my throat is, he says, I, my, I thirst with the deepest longing to love you more. He's not praying the problem. He's having intimacy with God. He's practicing the presence of of God. When we practice the presence of God, when everything is going good, it's no problem. It's an easy A when things aren't going quite so well. We still will show up in intimacy with God. He says, I thirst with the deepest longing to love you more with cravings in my heart that can't be described. Such yearning grips my soul for you, my God. I'm energized every time I enter your heavenly sanctuary to see more of your power and drink more of your glory. He ain't never mentioned once how thirsty he was and his lips were dry and cracked and bleeding because he wasn't praying the problem. He was having intimate intimacy with God. Let us get a revelation here. Prayer is not just begging God and barking orders and barking off what you need. And I need this by this day. And if, if my mate don't show up by Valentine's Day, then forget it. That's not how you talk to your king. You yearn for him. You're desperate for him. And you sing love songs to him. I want to read this whole stands, this whole Psalm number 63. But that's homework for you to go back and read. Because I need you to get a revelation about prayer. Oftentimes, we think that when we pray and cry, that makes our prayer more prevalent. Tears don't make your prayer more powerful. Now, I'm not saying that you can't cry when you pray, because I pray and cry all the time, but it's not the, the, the tears that moves the heart of God. It's his word. We have to pray his word. We have to get into his word. We have to have faith and confidence in the word of God. How do you know when you're in faith for a situation? It's evidenced by the word of God. If you just complain and you just complain, I've been waiting a long time. I don't know why I seem like everybody around. You're complaining. That's not prayer. The psalmist was in a weary land. There was no water, there was no vegetation, and he was running for his life. And he didn't talk about how, my lips are bleeding, he didn't say it once. He said, I long for you, I'm thirsty for you, God. I want to love you more. 
Come on. When we get into that kind of intimacy with God, praying his word and giving his word back to you, I told you, you ain't got to try to convince God to answer your prayer. God wants to answer your prayer. God wants to please you. God wants to give to you. God wants to satisfy you. Prosperity is at the forefront of God's mind concerning you. Now, when I say prosperity, I'm not talking about money because that's the lowest level of prosperity, but I take that low level too. I'm not opposed to that low level. So I'm not just begging for stuff. I'm yearning with strong desire for your presence. I want to know you intimately. I want to be eyeball to eyeball, face to face. I want your thoughts. I want to understand your purpose. When I understand God's purpose for the things that I'm desiring in my life and I have the word on it, I shift in my faith. Then I stand boldly with unrestrained boldness. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Let me lay this last scripture down because I've got to get out of here. I've got to be out of here in just a moment. We know that prayer is not hinged on our emotions, even though we should be emotional. When we pray, we should have some fervency to it. But like I started off today in Genesis chapter 18 and verse 4, it simply says, is there anything too hard for God? Is there anything too hard for God? I mean, really stop and think about it. Is there anything too hard for God? Outside of God, there's a whole lot of things that's too hard for me. But when I'm talking to my Father God, is there anything too hard for him? I was waiting for somebody to answer the question and tell me no. There's nothing too hard for God. God's track record is impeccable. God always answers. He loves to answer. There is absolutely nothing, not one thing too hard for him. So I have to believe I receive when I pray. I believe I receive when I pray because I've already got his word on it. We're already intimate. I already got his purpose on it. I've already got the word on it. And when I have revelation, that's where my faith is released. So I thank God. And I rejoice and I praise him knowing that if it's not now, it's not faith, but it's faith that brings the victory. I trust that word blessed your life. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. And I want you to know that at Destiny Faith Church, we're more than a church. We're a family.